Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. Do you struggle with FOMO sometimes? You know, the fear of missing out. Welcome to being a Christian. Our fear of missing out is not new to the human condition, and it's certainly not something new to the life of faith. I'm amazed when I read through these 3,000-year-old psalms that were inspired by the Holy Spirit, I'm amazed at how often they talk honestly about FOMO, about the fear of missing out. It's a real fear for God's people, always has been. For good reason, I think, because lots of people who don't concern themselves with living by the will of God seem to be doing really well in life. They grow in prosperity. They grow in, well, cultural power, like we talked about a few episodes when we were talking about Psalm 37. They seem to be flourishing. They advance in ways that people of faith simply cannot. People of faith in Christ must make certain sacrifices for obedience. That's what Jesus says. We can't even follow him without taking up our cross and following him by denying ourselves. And so sacrifices of certain sexual freedoms or sacrifices of money and wealth and vacations in order to give generously or sacrifices of people's praise and approval, certain friendships, when we don't just conform to all the beliefs of the crowd. Life often just seems easier without such restrictions, but only when seen through a small window of time. This psalm wakes us up and puts it all back inside the real story, the bigger story. And it helps us develop a kind of mental toughness, or I would say maybe a narrative toughness, so that we don't let FOMO trip us up and drag us out of the bigger story that we really want our lives to be in, the bigger story that is the real story of this universe. Because Christ has come, he has risen from the dead, he is coming again, that is the story that's taking place and taking place, and I want to be in it. Let's talk about how Psalm 49 talks about this. It's a lot like Psalm 37, it's like Psalm 39, it's like Psalm 73. It has that same theme of FOMO, that fear of missing out, and how our faith in the promises of God are confronted by what we see with our own eyes when we see people not restricted, not bothered by obedience to God's will, flourishing and prospering and doing well. So the psalmist, and I'm going to read out of the ESV, and as always, these verses are in your show notes. You can look at them for yourself. But this psalm starts off just speaking to everybody. It says, Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Here's what this is. This is not really a prayer. This is a a wisdom psalm. It's like the Proverbs. And this author says, it's not David. It says a psalm of the sons of Korah. This author is saying, look, I'm going to deal with a riddle. 
A riddle is an enigma. It's something we don't understand. It's confusing. And I don't know, it's kind of interesting. He says, I'm going to solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. That was like a little guitar, a little harp. And it's just a place in the Bible, among many, where it does talk about how sometimes just listening to contemplative music can help us put us in a better place and help us to think deeper thoughts. And I don't know, it's just kind of cool to see something in this 3,000-year-old psalm that is true of my life and true of your life, that sometimes the mood of music sets the mood for our spirit and the kind of thoughts that we're willing to wrestle with and feel and think through. And so verse 5 says, Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? Now that phrase, who cheat me, is, is translating that Hebrew word from which we get the name Jacob. Jacob was a deceiver. It's that word that means to trip up. If you even look at it in the uh, Greek translation of the Hebrew that was done in like 200 BC, that is the word that the Greek uses, to be tripped up. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who trip me up surrounds me? The iniquity surrounds me. It trips me up. It causes me to stumble. And verse 6 says, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. Doesn't have to just be money, doesn't have to just be the wealth of possessions, but, but anything that's FOMO, anything that is causing us to fear missing out. It can be the abundance and the wealth of vacations, experiences, maybe sexual freedom, maybe relationship, friends, freedom, social media praise, approval by others, whatever we think is flourishing, whatever we think is the life of wealth. And those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches is causing this psalmist to fear missing out. But then the psalmist does a weird twist, and he starts talking about something that at first pass, you're not sure what he's doing. But it says in verse 7, Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly. And can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. Now remember, the pit in the Psalms is the grave. It's the idea of Sheol. It's like Hades. It's this place where the soul goes after death and the body decays. The next verse, verse 10, For he sees that even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever. Man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. So here's what the psalmist is doing, and it's kind of a weird twist, and I, I, I think it's one of these psalms that's written by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and in some sense the meaning to it is even beyond the meaning the author intended. But what the author is trying to say is kind of summed up in the next verse, verse 13. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence, yet after them, people approve of their boasts. So here's the thing. He's saying everybody, whether you're wise or whether you're foolish, whether you're stupid, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, you end up in the exact same place. That's the grave. 
They're like beasts that perish. Verse 14 says, like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. That's death. That's the grave. That's the netherworld, the place where the soul goes. Death shall be their shepherd. I remember about 15 years ago now, a band called Modest Mouse, and they had this video. I forget the song, but the video was showing just sheep going to the slaughter. And it was one of these songs that has an upbeat song to it, and yet the words are pessimistic, nihilistic, uh, existential in the sense that we're, we're all just sheep headed for slaughter. Live life, have all the fun you want, but it means nothing. We're just all dying, and we're like sheep led to the slaughter. There's no purpose to life. There's no meaning to life. And in some sense... They're saying the exact same thing that this author 3,000 years ago is saying in this psalm. Like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol, or death. Death shall be their shepherd. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. Now, if you don't see your life in the context of God, that becomes, like Modest Mouse was trying to say, it becomes pessimistic, it becomes nihilistic. There is no purpose, there is no reason to be good or bad or to have any kind of life of meaning. Just do what you want to do, live as extravagant as you want to live. It doesn't matter because everybody ends up in the same place in the end, whether you help somebody or whether you hurt somebody, whether you live a sacrificial life or whether you live a completely self-indulgent life, everybody ends up in the same place like sheep led to the slaughter. You can go the pessimistic, meaningless, nihilistic route Or you can do what the psalmist does in the very next verse, verse 15, but God, but God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. And now we're coming back to that weird part that he talked about earlier in verse 7, truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, from the power of death, for he will receive me. Here's what the psalmist is doing. I think in ways even beyond his own knowledge, in ways inspired by the Holy Spirit with the mystery of the bigger story of the gospel, God has ransomed, will ransom through the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus puts everyone who trusts in him into a bigger story, a better narrative, a narrative that defies what he says in verse 9, that he, no one can live on forever. But since Jesus has, he has broken through the other side of death. He is the first to rise from the dead and a new creation and a new body. And he brings the ability of those who follow him to have the same exact, to be ransomed and to live forever. So he says in verse 16, be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. In other words, don't fear missing out, but fear missing God. For when he dies, verse 17, when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. Verse 18 And there is an upside for though while he lives, he counts himself blessed, you know, hashtag blessed. And though you get praise when you do well for yourself. So the author is saying, look, if you see this 
through a small window of time, it looks like they're doing better than you. You are missing out. But then verse 19, here's reality. His soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. The author is using the same imagery as that video that Modest Mouse did where showing the sheep being led to slaughter the beasts that perish so there's no purpose to life. And he's saying there's no purpose to life unless God ransoms your life and you live forever, unless God receives you, brings you into his bigger story of Christ's death and resurrection and the kingdom of God on earth with a resurrected body on a renewed creation. What this psalmist does is the same thing that David does in Psalm 37. He puts the prosperity of those who live a life ignoring God and ignoring the commandments of God. He puts their story back in the story of the reality of life, the bigger story of what God is doing. So there is a small window, and that's what he says here in verse 18. Though for a while he counts himself blessed... And though you do get praise when you do well for yourself, so you, people want to be your friend, you have the approval of others, there is a flourishing that comes when you can ignore God's commandments and you can kind of live a bit of a self-indulgent life. You don't have to be this terribly self-indulgent person, but you can just sort of live like everyone else, making choices of what you want to do on impulse, what you want to have the freedom to do when you want to do it. But that's a very small window. It's a snapshot. The picture looks good in the snapshot, but nobody can live in a snapshot. We're living in a video. We're living frame by frame in a larger story. And he says his soul will go down and never see light ever again and perish like the beasts. So if you're missing out, you're missing out on a snapshot But then those who don't care about the bigger story are missing out on the bigger story. Don't let yourself get snatched out of that bigger story. Don't let, well, what he says here in verse 5, the iniquity of those who trip you up, those who trust in their wealth, whatever that is in their life that they can do without having to heed the commandments of God, those who boast of the abundance of their riches, the abundance of their freedom, the abundance of their flourishing. There is a happiness temporarily that comes from that. The psalmist doesn't deny that at all. But everybody dies. And there's only one bigger story that allows your life to be ransomed so that you can live forever. Otherwise, you're just going to perish like a sheep. And that's the story of the ransom that comes through God, through Christ, and his bigger story. But you have to have a narrative toughness. You have to not live for the praise of others. You have to not live pursuing your riches and your wealth and all the ways the culture offers it. You have to not live getting tripped up by the iniquity of others who surround you. And you have to not live by the fear of missing out. Instead, you have to go up to 30,000 feet and look down on your life from a bigger story and see the end. I want to be in that bigger story. I don't want to get tripped up by FOMO. I don't want to lose out on what would really be missing out 
by fearing missing out in the short term. Because the fear of missing out can cause the fear of missing God, missing Christ. But God will ransom my soul from the power of death, for he will receive me into his kingdom where there is glory and beauty and love and laughter and joy and happiness forever in the presence of God and the presence of his redeemed and restored and resurrected people on a redeemed and restored and renewed earth. That's the story that Jesus rose from the dead to begin, and that's the story I want my life to be in forever. Put your life back into the real story and how you think about everything. And one of the best ways to do that is through having a time of prayer where you just contemplate and think about these things. Now, sometimes people feel funny praying along with a recorded prayer because they don't feel like it's live. You know, they feel like they're, they're praying something that's already been prayed and it's not real because it's recorded. But what do you think you're doing when you read the Psalms? You're praying along with a recorded prayer written down, but it's still prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit that brings the power of the Spirit of God deeper into our soul and into our heart and into our mind. And that's what we're doing when we pray. Even a recorded prayer like this is allowing this psalm to come deeper into our lives and help us see reality through the eyes of God and God's Word, and God's Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, the God that created this entire universe who wants us to call Him Father, we call You Father because You are our Creator. You love us. You are present with us. You are Lord of the universe, Lord of heaven, Lord of earth, Lord of everything. And yet, You say we can call you Father. With the eyes of faith, with the eyes of my heart, I take hold of your right hand right now. I know you're with me. I know you love me. With my imagination, I know that you're looking at me with your infinite loving eyes, your steadfast love. That David says in Psalm 139 outnumbers the sand on the seashore. Your thoughts toward us, no one can count. They're infinite. And so I know you're looking at me right now with the eyes of infinite love, steadfast love, infinite presence, 100% presence. And you have given me this psalm to help me see reality through your eyes of the bigger story. Because life certainly is a riddle. Those who ignore you and reject you seem to prosper. They laugh. They have fun. They flourish. They have wealth. They have awesome experiences. They have community. But they live inside your universe. And everyone is heading to the same ending. And only one ending lives forever. Everybody else perishes like the beast. I want to live forever with you. I want to live forever in your joy, your laughter, your goodness, your steadfast love. I want to live forever in your beauty, in your glory, in your splendor. 
where I can't even catch my breath being overwhelmed with awe at seeing the God that created this universe being in your loving presence forever, your goodness forever, your righteousness forever, your protection forever, never fearing death, never fearing disease, never fearing loss, never fearing pain. I don't want to trust in the wealth of this world. I don't want to trust in the abundance of the all kinds of riches, whatever that would be in this world. I don't want to get tripped up by the iniquity that surrounds me. I want you to ransom my life through Jesus' death and resurrection. I want to be in Jesus and Jesus in me. I want to be in your story, this good news, this gospel, and that your gospel would live in me deep in my heart, that I would get not snatched out of this narrative, but strong in this narrative of the bigger story of you ransoming my life and I live forever and not having to be afraid when others prosper and flourish and have short-term glory. But then that's the end. I want to live in your redemption. I want to live in your restoration. I want to live in your resurrection forever. I want to follow you. I want to take up my cross, deny myself, and follow you, Jesus, because you're leading me to life. And every other path leads to death. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.